Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. gospel lesson comes to us from the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 31. Listen for the word of God. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour, until all of it was leavened. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, as the choir has proclaimed, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and Redeemer. Amen. From the most unexpected of beginnings, God can bring about something great. From a manger in the town of Bethlehem, about 15 miles from the capital city of Jerusalem to the cross, a child born to Mary and Joseph, a couple pledged to be married, subject to questioning and gossip, from an unlikely and almost scandalous beginning, this child born to this couple would save the world. Jesus was that most unlikely of seeds in the most unlikely of places, and Christianity the most unlikely of movements. It began with one person in a relatively remote region. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Faith in Jesus spread to the twelve disciples, people who themselves were living ordinary lives as fishermen, tax collectors, people going about their ordinary lives who, when they encountered Jesus, would go on with time to do extraordinary things. First came the twelve, and then the seventy-two, and then the early church, spreading throughout the Mediterranean. At first, they would lock themselves behind closed doors for fear of those who wanted to kill and stomp out the movement. But with persistence and courage, they would gather, and Christianity would spread throughout, even to the ends of the earth. Christianity, this movement that began, would survive the passing generations and all the challenges that were thrown its way. The Enlightenment, wars, secularization, 2,000 plus years so that we would come from different parts of the city and region to worship here, even in this sanctuary today. 
In this morning's lectionary reading, Jesus continues to speak to the disciples and the crowds that followed him, speaking to them in parables. And he shares with them the parable of the mustard seed. The mustard seed is a, various, is a very small seed, representing the tiniest of seeds. But moreover, in this parable, it represents a tree that initially, at least, seems to be of little value. It's a tree no one would long for or aspire to plant in their back garden. But this tree would surprise everyone. It would become, as the gospel proclaims, the greatest of shrubs. It would become a great tree, so great that the birds of the air would come and nest, make their home in its branches. Jesus, who was hung upon the cross, that barren, plain cross on top of a hill, on that old rugged cross with two pieces of wood strapped together, exposed to all the elements. From those pieces of wood would come a tree that gives shade and shelter, a refuge, a sanctuary from all the storms of life. And the church, too, from a congregation meeting behind locked doors in the hours immediately after the resurrection to the church today, providing food in our parish hall, meeting space for groups of all kinds serving this community, a center for learning and recreation, a place whose walls and roof provide shelter and sanctuary, and whose teachings strive to bring fuller and flourishing lives. Truly great things can come from small and humble beginnings. The mustard seed turning into a great tree reminds me of a familiar quote, you can't start a fire without a spark. What great theologian do you think said that? Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> When I speak of people longing to grow in faith, I encourage them to take a spark, a seed, and to nurture it so that it will grow into something great. I tell them to read the Bible, even if it's just a psalm a day. Pray to God, maybe a quick prayer of thanksgiving, maybe a quick prayer of need in a moment of desperation. Say something. And say in Jesus' name, and amen, and that's all you need. Perhaps you could do something kind for somebody else and see how that feels. Hold the door open for somebody. Give up your seat on the bus if you're able. Give somebody a compliment. It only takes a spark. It might only take a mustard seed to begin a movement. Jesus continues giving his audience another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. I'm certainly not a baker, although I've watched every season the Great British Bake Off, and I know that yeast serves an important function among the flour. It helps whatever you're baking grow. So too, the small acts you perform serve a purpose. And by doing these small acts, you are slowly and steadily building up the kingdom. 
You, the church, as salt, light, and yeast, serve a purpose in the world. When the Israelites were exiled in Babylon, the prophet Jeremiah delivers the word of the Lord to them. At this point in Israel's history, they had escaped Egypt and they were led into the promised land and they were living the life. And then they were brought out into exile, Babylonian captivity. And they were wondering what was going on in their lives. They were not living the lives they believed they were meant to live. And they were right. And God spoke to them through the prophet Jeremiah, and this is what he says to them in chapter 29. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place, the promised land. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The second part of these verses are well known because they're full of extraordinary hope. For I know the plans I have for you. What good news for a people trudging through the unknown. It's inspiring, it's encouraging, it's comforting, and it's very helpful because it inspires within us a trust to keep on going even when we don't fully know where that will take us or why we are where we currently are. It's trust and faith that God will bring about something better. But what about the first part of those verses? For I know the plans I have for you. Apologies, the verse before that, when 70 years are completed for Babylon. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, it almost implies that the Israelites' experience in Babylon is not necessarily for their good, but for Babylon's good. That those Israelites who are exiled to this foreign land are there to serve a purpose in the place in which they live. In Babylon, the Israelites lived as exiles and aliens. And then in the New Testament, we see the epistles addressed to wanderers and exiles, to aliens in dispersion in 1 Peter. It's a theme that began in the Bible and has continued throughout the church even this day. Stanley Hauerwas in the 80s, alongside William Willimon, wrote a book called Resident Aliens, Christian Life in an Alien Colony. As aliens, as wanderers whose true home is heaven, Christians who are here on earth serve a purpose like yeast among the flower. And the seeds we plant, the sparks we seek to give the world serve a purpose by bringing more and more glimpses of God's coming kingdom into this world. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, we serve a purpose in the world. One of my favorite non-biblical writings is the Epistle to Diognetus. It's by an unknown author, but as you'll likely see as you hear, they're likely Greek, and they were writing as early as 130 AD. And this is what the unknown author in the Epistle to Diognetus proclaims. 
To speak in general terms, we may see that the Christian is to the world what the soul is to the body. As the soul is present in every part of the body while remaining distinct from it, so Christians are found in all the cities of the world, but cannot be identified with the world. As the visible body contains the invisible soul, so Christians are seen living in the world, but their religious life remains unseen. The body hates the soul and wars against it, not because of any injury the soul has done it, but because the restriction the soul places on the pleasures of the body. But Christians love those who hate them just as the soul loves the body and all its members despite the body's hatred. It is by the soul enclosed within the body that the body is held together, and similarly, it is by the Christians detained in the world as in a prison that the world is held together. The soul, though immortal, has a mortal dwelling place, and Christians also live for a time amidst perishable things while awaiting the freedom from change and decay that will be theirs in heaven. Such is the Christian's loftly and divinely appointed function from which they are not permitted to excuse themselves. As a people whose true home is in heaven with God, we walk this earth, we are on an earthly sojourn as aliens and wanderers, and that is for a purpose. And the seeds we plant, the seeds we scatter, the sparks we give serve an important function in the world. Our small acts can start something great. Earlier, I told you to start small, to give up your seat on the bus. That's a good thing to do. But Rosa Parks didn't give up her seat on the bus. And that small seed, something as small as a mustard seed, started something great. In 1987, as the AIDS pandemic was raging and people were trying to figure out what was going on and who was safe, Princess Diana shook hands with a AIDS patient without gloves. And it changed the way people acted. From a mustard seed, mountains can be moved. It may be by inches, but inches add up, and when efforts are multiplied, inches become feet and maybe even miles. Don't ever underestimate what you are capable of. And the mustard seed that I hope you leave here today with is that God loves you. And this love should shape you in some tangible way. Speaking of an empowering love, in Romans 8, as John read, Paul tells us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray what we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. For me personally, this is one of the most comforting verses of Scripture that there is. This verse has improved my prayer life and really everything I do. Because I believe the Spirit intercedes on our behalf, not just when we pray, but whenever we do anything that requires us to lean on the strength 
and power of God. I cannot tell you how often I have felt myself leaning on the grace of God. Moments when despite great preparation and education and experience, I still realize my weakness. And I must rest in the guiding grace of God to help me through. An experience that I had back in high school, but one that I think of perhaps all too often, is when a family friend of ours, my family's, died. They had, it was the father who died, and my mom encouraged me to call the daughter, who was around my age. When my mom asked me to call uh, this person, I, I shrieked at it, and in fact, I became a little upset that she would even suggest this, because it was intimidating to do, but with some conversation and coaching from my mom, I dialed the home phone of my friend, and I have to admit, as the phone rang and rang, I got hopeful that a voicemail would come. But it didn't, and I asked to speak to my friend, and I told her simply that I was thinking of her. And from time to time in my life, I've been called into hospital rooms with people approaching death or some seemingly insurmountable situation. And what are you supposed to say amid such difficult times? And I think to this experience in high school where all I had to do was call and expressed that I was thinking of them, and I like to think that the Spirit took whatever inarticulate words I could offer and do something special and incredible with them. Perhaps my words were a seed or a spark that would just simply help this person know that they're being thought of and loved. God helps us in our weakness He takes what we offer, no matter how small that seed is, and through His grace and through His power, it may serve just a spark and become that thing that somebody needs to hear that provides them with encouragement and maybe even hope. Paul instructs us in Galatians to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We've received Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God who would die on our behalf. We know true love, but in knowing this love, we know how far we are from living lives worthy of such a miraculous and saving sacrifice. But this should not lead to despair, because in knowing our weakness, in knowing our imperfection, in knowing how inadequate the seeds we may offer others could be, We hope and we pray that God's Spirit is interceding with words that we cannot understand, groans too deep for words. Maybe our faith is a mustard seed at this moment. If that's the case, water it and watch it grow. You're here this morning, and that is a very good start. Maybe your contribution to the world is only a mustard seed at the moment. Well, don't let that stop you. 
It may be familiar, but I think of the boy walking alongside the ocean and there are hundreds of starfish washed up on shore and the boy starts to throw them back into the ocean and this older, allegedly wise man says, son, you will never save all these starfish. What are you doing? And the boy in defiance bends over, picks up one, throws it in and says, well, I saved that one. It's not a bad place to start because our mustard seeds can turn into a tree that can provide an amazing sanctuary, refuge, and help. In the history of this church, I don't think one could count the mustard seeds that have flourished. I think of the aid agencies and the missions throughout the city. I think of Open Table, I think of James Lennox House in Carnegie East, and I think of many more of which I am only beginning to learn about and am very excited to become a part of. These things may start small, but they start somewhere. We may not be looking to start a movement, but we can change somebody's life. Don't ever underestimate how you may be of use to God because from the most unexpected of beginnings, God can bring about something great. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.